Welcome to Rich Conversations. This episode was recorded Friday, July 8th, 2022 with Bone Lane. We were in the car on our way up to Summerfest in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. The boys played there. These are very close friends of mine and they happen to be like the truest artists that I know and I love their music and their message. And uh, I'm all about them. So we, uh, we, we recorded this. We've had episodes before. And this one we talk about a whole, a whole number of different things. A lot about art, but also life and just, you know, navigating the world with all this technology and instant gratification, you know, all that kind of stuff. But um, it was so much fun. Enjoy. We are here with Bone Lane. We're on the way. We're on I-94 to Milwaukee from Chicago. And uh, we got everything? Yeah. We, we got fuck everything? It. We've got fucking what, Okay, what's it. more pressure? I think I already know the answer. The, <laughs> the preparation and that you have everything or the actual performance? <laughs> oh, dude. The, all of the work is done before you go on stage, really. Like, I don't... I don't know. There's it's, there's like a chi thing when you go on stage. Like it's already whatever's gonna happen is gonna, gonna happen. happen yeah. It's like all up to did you actually practice your shit? Is all your stuff in the bag? So do you feel like a different person? Like you have two, you have your like uh, prep self where it's like I hope you're on stage and you're like I hope he did all oh, totally. all of his job. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, it's it feels very. high frequency mustard shit as Matthew McConaughey said in Wolf of Wall Street you know it's all that in the prep like I've got this giant check we were just joking about it where my checklist is like alright I need two grounded TRS to XLR cables and two ungrounded TRS to XLR and a 12 volt power supply for my Ableton push and a 19 volt power supply for my interface <laughs> and uh, that's not even the end of the list and none of those are made up by the way um, but yeah it's all this just awful it's just, there's just no fixing the problem. If I show up to that festival and I don't have the cable that I need, we're two hours away from home. Yeah. I can't, like, run back and grab it. And so it's... I get most paranoid about that. You were a little paranoid. Yeah, yeah. That's that's just my general... <laughs> that's my... <laughs> that's on brand. That's myself right before, I yeah. Mean, it comes from somewhere, man. We just ha- we've pulled up to the gig and been missing something. Like, oh, I forgot and, my laptop. Yeah, and it's... It's like really tragic. It's it's rough. We've had so how much, all uh, the tech problems you could possibly imagine. So you're playing Summerfest. How, we are. How many experiences, or not how many, but like how much of the prep that goes into today did you learn from mistakes and just performing prior to this? I mean, it's not even like it's in prep for a day like today. We just have been doing this forever, and we've made all the mistakes, so we know what not to do. And it's just a slow process of eliminating failure. Yeah, and we're kind of, <laughs> like, I feel like we're sort of talking about two things. There's the, like, the physical prep, like, do you have all your stuff? Yeah. Which most of that is showing up to rehearsal without the right thing. And luckily our rehearsal space is 20 minutes away from our apartment, so that happens every once in a while. Somebody fucks up and forgets something important has to run back. And you just start, you have to learn to checklist this because... As much as it's in your head, if you're not looking at a list and being like, yes, it is in the backpack, you're going to fuck something up. And then there's the the rehearsal aspect, which is just we're always rehearsing. And we, it's been a while. It's been a few months since we were on tour, but we've played this exact set every night for two and a half weeks in a row. Yeah. And so, again, that was like I was rehearsing a little bit before we got in the car just because there's always a weakest part of the set there's always a part of the set that you know least or something like that and it's worth going over those but all of that prep is already done too it's so you guys are just uh you just get in the car and you guys just (laughs) yeah you're gonna crush it preparation basically how it is preparation man that's what's the what's the rhyming phrase for it's preparation meets and opportunity equals success or preparation meets opportunity preparation and masturbation (laughs) Are the only equals way ejaculation. <laughs> <laughs> I just jerk off before the shows. That's usually how I. <laughs> it's usually how I prep. Um, you know, just go up there with a sense of zen and yeah. centeredness. You know, mm-hmm. 
So you'll see me kind of quietly disappear 15 minutes before we play. I have a that black backpack has all my gig stuff in it, and then there's a blue backpack in the back that just has lube and a flashlight. <laughs> you have like we take it really seriously and have like all the gear. Like part of gear prep is just flashlights and lube, and <laughs> starting it like a chainsaw. <laughs> you just hear it from like the porto behind us. <laughs> Alright, sorry, you can cut that if you want, Rich, but we're just, <laughs> we're just out here trying to tell the truth. <laughs> the truth, the truth. Uh, anyway, we can go. So we this, can be serious for you. <laughs> so we're going up to Summerfest, as we have already established, and uh, what would you say, you know, you're taking time out of your day. It's the middle of the day, we're going to drive up to Summerfest and just rock this concert. Like, how... What does it mean to you to share your music and the message within the music? I mean, it's... We keep saying this, but the shows are the thesis. They're the point. They're the, we do all, all the work in the studio, all the prep, all the rehearsing, all the videos we make, all the streams that we work so hard to get on Spotify, all, so on and so forth. All that attention we're clamoring for in, in the and the digital online space is all just in the name of us getting to play for people. Um, and it's kind of the driving, motivating force or factor of why we do what we do. We deep, deeply, deeply, deeply believe in what we're doing. The music at its base is aspirational. The music at its base is turned inward and focused on healing the self before projecting into the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, we really believe as a unit that you have to fix yourself before you can even start to fix the world. I think we see a lot of that playing out in real time on the internet and in the constant tragedy and so on and so forth that we're like extremely desensitized to in this country where um, maybe I'm getting a little out over my skis but yeah um, uh, there's a lot of people that haven't totally sorted themselves out and myself included it's it's a constant right it's a it's a it's a, uh, a constant awakening a constant journey a eternal journey but uh, you know how, how can we how can we ail the ail the world of its of its tragedy and 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 pain if we are hurting and in pain ourselves you know so the music itself is is coming from a space of healing coming from a space of deep love and trying to learn how to love ourselves and um, it's really really great to be able to connect the dot between listener between audience and and artist yeah it's like the most visceral way to to connect the dot to to convey the message so this is the reason why we do what we do we love it man we we've played every empty room in the world seemingly um now we play shows and there's people there it's an unbelievable gift and we don't take it for granted um half full rooms we're so hype (laughs) like when we were on tour and there was only half the room filled for the opener for us, you know, we were like, man, this is great. This yeah. is fucking amazing, man. There's like 60 people here, right? Now. You know, yeah. like we were uh, unbelievably grateful to see the needle move forward in, in any way. So yeah. getting to play a main, a main stage at a major festival alongside some of the world's greatest talent, fucking, of course it feels great. And we were, uh, when I arrived at your studio... Um, we were talking about some of the, the recent tragedies and myself, I've been in an incident over right. the last few weeks. You said something really meaningful. You said, I w- you, you were setting up your podcast equipment and I was like, wow, like you just got robbed and pistol whipped over the back of the head last week. Look at you. Didn't slow you down one bit. And you're like, bro, I, I, it just pumped me up. Like you're yeah. just going twice as hard. And he's like... And you, he's like, you were like, um, it was a huge awakening, man. Live your life in the most truthful and honest way. 
that you possibly can every single day because you never know when you're going to be walking down a, a street in a seemingly safe neighborhood in a city that you love and you're going to get clocked over the head by a pistol. It wasn't a pistol, yeah. it was an Uzi gun. It was an Uzi? Jesus three Christ. Uzis. Okay. Then you never know when three people are going to pull up on you with Uzis, crack you over the fucking head with it, and steal all your shit. How the fuck do you get an Uzi? And you don't know if you're going to a 4th of July parade. And getting mowed down. Yeah. There was a boneletting fan, as we said. There was a, 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 a girl that we know really quite well, man. We know her family. We know her. She's been coming to our show since day one, man. She's an unbelievable person. Lovely person. She got grazed in the face. She got grazed in the face by a fucking bullet, man. Like She's fine. She's well, okay. Of you know. course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But live for today. So how do you convey or communicate... I think in our own ways, we're trying to find a path that we can help in whatever way that may be. How do you see the music and the message from it as part of that that healing process? Want me to go? Uh, Yeah, my my answer is I don't. Um, So, yes. Yeah, it's, it's just like some days this feels pretty self-interested and we're just trying to play rock star, but other days it feels like we're we're doing something big, you know. You yeah, which is a big... Uh, and, and say well, think about it this way. I wouldn't, be, like, I wouldn't be in this car right now if your music didn't influence me or sure. strike me in a particular way. I wouldn't be sure. here right, with and, you guys in this space. Yeah, and it's easy to... I don't know, you spend a lot of time asking yourself, like, does this actually fucking matter kind of you know it's, it does seem kind of self-indulgent at times but then I think about how profoundly certain songs or artists have influenced me um, and not a lot you know oftentimes they're not huge artists in fact one of the interesting things about kind of where we are in our career is that I get I look at bands who I thought of as like untouchable you know on the mountaintop of emo or some shit like that and Realizing they weren't actually playing enormous shows a lot. I mean, some of them were, of course, but yeah. there are other bands who we were already bigger than that I thought of as like heroes. Hundred percent. Yeah, that's. And so we like you know it's the chance to be that to somebody else is meaningful. I think. Yeah. Yeah. And we are, you know, we're we're some people's favorite band ever. And that's yeah. that's really big. That's a really motivating factor for me because I don't think a lot of people get to say that. You know, well, I think um, something I appreciate. Uh, I'm obviously behind the scenes a little bit more with you guys, but I just see the work ethic and the commitment and passion, and it's so hard to find people like that in the world that just don't want the quick. Well, that are okay with not having the quick yeah. hit or the instant gratification success whatever, and, yeah. and the gratification that comes right away or feeling all upset because they did something and the world didn't respond the way they wanted to. Like, I appreciate that about you guys. Thanks, um, Rich. You're going to make me cry, man. <laughs> we don't need you to cry. We need you to drive and get us some sick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I am a little nervous. Uh, Welcome to the bone length death trap, everyone. <laughs> Get a grip, Sammy. <laughs> uh, yeah, can you guys... We've talked about it on my podcast before, but like... Instant gratification. In this world of instant gratification and people pursuing art, like what... What do you think about that? What, you, <laughs> what would you say about that? Well, I think there is a... I think... Craft has been devalued to a certain extent. There's still the world is fil- filled with unbelievable artists and musicians mm-hmm. and filmmakers. And so when people be like, "Music's dead," mainstream, it's just, it's it's just it's like unequivocally false. It is that is stupid. There is more unbelievable artistry and unbelievable musician or musicianship than ever in the history of the fucking world ever. Not only that, but <laughs> pop music has always been dog shit. Like, I mean, there is there has always been good pop music, but the the 
the majority of what's been playing on the radio has it's stopped. For, it's formulaic. Forever, yeah. yeah. Go. Fucking, how much is that dog in the window? <laughs> that's a pop song. <laughs> and it's 70 years old, and it fucking sucks. And that's what pop music was Fuck then. Fuck that song. That's what fucking pop, hate yeah. that song. Fuck it. <laughs> the one with the waggly tail. <laughs> No, for real, do the whole thing, bro. <laughs> How much is that? That was one of my grandma's favorites. Um, I think, I think you, the youth, in in large part, is being um, hypnotized into this instant gratification psychosis loop of man that cluster of words didn't totally make sense but you know what <laughs> yeah. i mean uh you catch my drift it's like it is a psychosis like the tiktok phenomenon the viral phenomenon is is a psychosis and we were lucky enough to kind of come right before it so when that stuff has been pushed on us like we participate we, we're on tiktok and shit whatever but like we don't create for a platform we create for ourselves we create long form material we want to rate we want to write and produce beautiful Records that that age well, that in 30, 40 years, my children and their children will be like, my grandfather, my father was this unbelievable artist, listen to his stuff, yeah. and my and in my family line, my work will have value forever. I want that to be my legacy, you know what I mean? And I just don't think that that's really the pursuit for many, um, but it is ours. And yeah. we are long-term guys. We, we've been making music together for 18 years. We've been making music professionally together for about seven. And we've been living together in, with a studio for 10, 11 years. It, our, our process is just like water. It is like weight drinking water at this point. Why do we do what we do? Because it's what we do at this point. There's no... It's just this is what the... I don't know what the fuck else to do with my yeah. time. If you took it away from us, I truly wouldn't have a tremendous amount of function this is my function at this point you know what i mean and the one of the sad things about instant gratification is that it kind of it effectively doesn't exist it's i mean yes there are people you know extremely small numbers of people who go on the internet and do something and it explodes and they become a millionaire but it statistically doesn't exist it's it's effectively no one it's like a rounding error almost nobody gets that it's like shark attacks is it technically possible that you're going to get attacked by a shark yes but if it weren't for the internet you would never ever come into contact with anybody who had even been close to a shark <laughs> you know it's just it doesn't fucking happen yeah and so the fact that everybody is hanging all their hopes on this thing that statistically doesn't exist right is profoundly tragic statistically speaking you're not jack harlow <laughs> you know what i mean statistically, statistically speaking, speaking statistically speaking you're, you're not a little baby <laughs> but statistically speaking you are 100 percent a bitch <laughs> we're just talking numbers <laughs> numbers i'm looking at the data i don't know what to tell you <laughs> you just took a dna test turns out you're 100 percent a bitch <laughs> um <laughs> So, I just don't think that we're chasing a dragon. I really feel yeah. like we're, we're really pragmatic people. We have our heads on straight. We're, we, we're a little older. We've got years under us. We, we know what the fuck this is, man. And it's a brick-by-brick brick process. And the end goal isn't um, $100 million in a bad bitch. It's a life that sustains itself off the work we do together. And being able to raise families comfortably and being able to raise children in a home that's filled with creativity and passion and and love and that's that's at least for me that's that's what it is man and yeah. that's not going to come tomorrow and I don't care if I'm 39 when this band breaks whatever the fuck that means whatever it's that fine means, yeah. you know I look the bands I love man it was it took the national won their first Grammy in their 40s or some shit actually don't quote me on that I have no fucking idea all I knew is they looked older when they were on that Grammy <laughs> stage um, you know you look at the bony bears of the world the national the um, man whatever <laughs> there's yeah. plenty of fucking end of list end of list <laughs> I am bony bear um, it's just it's it's a brick by brick process it's album by album it's it's not 
it's not about doing one flash in the pan, having one flash in the pan hit. It's about creating a, a meaningful body of work that gains value over time. And, and that's also what you were saying about we want to be able to build a comfortable life and support a family off of music is still a crazy, yeah, crazy goal. And not yep. crazy in like impossible, uh, arguably, yes, but it's an extremely abstract goal. Like a song is just yeah. an idea. <laughs> Ultimately, to do it's it information. To do yeah. it originally, mm-hmm. you know, that's that's much tougher than uh, other avenues of making music or sure, you know, performing. But even music. even the, I mean, music is just a incorporeal like it's 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 effectively magic. You know <laughs> what I mean? I want to build. I want to be able to buy a house yeah. with magic. Yeah, that's kind of what we're saying. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah, but yeah. I know a lot. Of, unlike. Uh, instant satisfaction and like um, easy fame that does exist I know dozens and dozens and dozens of professional musicians who do that and so I have like empirical evidence yes it is possible to build a house with magic (laughs) yeah Yeah. (coughs) that was good I read the uh, Ray Charles autobiography that dude is something else man talk about like yeah when he was young, he's, he's raised by uh, his mother, and then he had another mother that would take care of him, and she would not let him, so he became blind. He experienced his brother drown in a pool, like a yeah. very small pool, yeah. and she would not let him use his blindness as an excuse. He would go play, and this is in like rural... Uh, in the south, right? In the south, yeah. yeah. I don't think it was Georgia. I think it was somewhere else, but... He would go, so he left the school of the blind, and then he had his friend. He started playing around Florida, and all he needed was a bed, and to figure out, he needed to figure out where he was, uh, his hotel was, where a restaurant was, and where his gig was. Mm-hmm. Those are the three things he needed, and he would just go around and just play all the time. And then he had a friend, so after he got done in like Jacksonville and other areas of Florida, he had a friend on a map just like randomly point to a spot and that's where he was going to go next and it was Seattle all the way across the country and he started playing there and then some of the old cats would stop playing in front of him because he would just like pick up everything they were playing and play it better and he just kept grinding and grinding and grinding and he would talk about those three things is all he needed was just know where the hotel was there was a motel restaurant to eat and then the gig to play music and that's all. That and, is, and uh, the success. He just, just, he just did it over time. And then when the first hit comes, it's later on. But like, he's been doing this. Is what he does. You're ready for it. He's ready. He's, he's, he's been doing it. Yeah. You know. Uh, and he just keeps going and going and going. And uh, what a character. What a American yeah. treasure. <laughs> this. And we talked a little bit. This is not me being like, yes, we are like Ray Charles. Because <laughs> he's way, like, the story Speaking you just told. Speaking of Ray Charles. Is, yeah, uh... is way more resilient and impressive than what we're up to. But just kind of riffing on, on one aspect of what you said, the sort of simplicity of his goals, where it's like, I need to figure out where I'm playing, my hotel, and somewhere to eat. That's part of the bliss of touring. I remember, he's blind. Yeah, yeah, of course. This is no small feat. <laughs> Jeez. But the... Um, just like having a very singular focus it's like okay my goal today is to get to the show and then play the show yeah is very it's like mindful almost you're focusing on a single thing yeah. totally it's uh it's that rinse repeat you know it's just you water a seed every day and a couple years later you have something years later you have a you know a big old bush no, okay. <laughs> Uh, Every I love reading about those old guys. Really, any career because every it's weird. We get asked advice. I especially get asked advice a lot because I have production students. It's like, well, what do I do? How do I get to the next level? And it's impossible to give people advice because everybody's path. This is super cliche, but I'll explain in a second. Like everybody's everybody's path is different, but that's especially true in music. Is like there's a million different ways to break you can do it you can gain a following playing covers at potbelly i know people who've done it yeah you know what i mean they do that for a while and then people come out to see their show 
or you do live production videos on YouTube, something like that. I've seen people be successful with that. And it's just every story is interesting. And especially when we're talking about like dizzying success like Ray Charles or Elvis or John Lennon or something like that. It's always crazy to hear the story of how did that develop because it's always different. A lot of Hollywood biopics turn it into kind of the same thing. Like, oh, we played at the Whiskey A Go-Go, and then some guy with a cigar came up and said, you guys are going to be a star. <laughs> yeah. And then they were famous and yeah. rich. And then and then alcohol that happened, their wife left them because they need a romantic hook in the movie, and then it ends. Yeah. yeah. Can I be in your band? <laughs> <laughs> I was watching this. Uh, I started watching this documentary on Leonard Skinner the other night. Love Skinner, dude. Skinner, man. Crazy story. Yeah. Really? They've, yeah, they've got a great tale, man. Yeah. Yeah. And just with that tragic ending and everything, yeah. it's just like yeah. infamy. That's fucked I up. I only got like a half hour in, unfortunately. I won't ruin but, the ending uh, for you. I think I know how it ends. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's but, a pretty, pretty famous instance but in they would play rock this, and roll like, history. They would play in this, uh, what they call it? This like hot box or just like in the middle of the swamp, they had this little shack and they would just play music there from like sun up to sundown. That's dope. Fucking You're remarkable. Yeah, that's so dope. Ah, uh, to be a redneck in a hot box playing <laughs> guitar. <laughs> Sounds dope. <laughs> what was the lead's name? Ron, Ronnie. Uh, yeah. Um, something. Fuck. Ronnie. Uh, I don't know. I loved him though. Yeah. I love that music. They press power. The distortion is. Uh, I think you got the radio on. Perfect. Oh, sorry. It's my. I'm very uh, attuned. I'm very mindful of <laughs> the noise. Well, hopefully, all that's not fucked. Uh, no, I'm sure gonna we're gonna have road noise all the way. Is what it is, dude. You guys ever think about? You guys look at these ads, these billboards when you're cruising. <laughs> think about <laughs> eggs. We used to. Uh, they so, seem pretty like antiquated. Like I feel like billboards will go away at some point. One of my favorite on the farm. Uh, so I grew up on a family farm, and there was one field we we used to work by the interstate, and the billboard in our field was for a strip club called On the Border. <laughs> so whatever, whatever that was a, that was a Mexican that restaurant in our yeah. hometown. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. On the border. Did you ever go? I I've never gone. But you apparently don't, you don't you don't strike me in Southeast Wisconsin. You, you don't strike me as a strip club guy, Rich. I've I've gone a few times. Yeah, it's, oh, yeah? it's not my scene. I remember. I can't uh, imagine not for it me. would be. Not for me either, man. <laughs> yeah, it's just like oh, I'm too. Girls awkward. pretending to like you for money doesn't yeah. seem very up your alley. For obscene amounts of money. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, yeah, just some of the. The crowd in there is uh, fascinating. Fascinating is a great word. Yeah. Uh, Tried you like twenty-two dollars for a Heineken. There are some people, <laughs> and this could be anybody, but I'm always fascinated. There are just some people whose lives are so incredibly different from mine. Yeah. <laughs> and I can't imagine being the like weird guy, the like regular at a strip club in the titty club. <laughs> yeah. I can't see you in a titty bar. Even if I was that. Even if I was lonely, that wouldn't be my like no thing. Oh, I'm gonna go fix this by yeah getting drunk and paying for it. <laughs> nah, I don't think I'll ever pay for sex in my life. I don't think that's ever gonna be something that happens to me. Well, now you know what's a uh, a trend is people paying for conversation. Yeah, it's, that's uh, a thing in it's Japan. Pretty big right? in Japan, yeah. yeah. And uh, those poor fucks. I'm in some circles that. What is know, going on in a culture like where that, that becomes? I mean, what the fuck am I talking about? It's totally... That's absolutely going to happen here. Yeah, people are lonely, way. man. Well, it already people does People are happen. lonely. Yeah, there's All certain, this like, tech, man, isolating the shit out of us. Yeah. People are going to therapy online now. It's like all... Yeah. You just, like, FaceTime a therapist. So what, 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 yeah, well, what do you think about almost that? make like, eye contact uh, with a therapist for an hour. I did a therapy session once over, like, FaceTime. I didn't like it. Okay. It was my therapist, so it's, like, someone I go see, and we couldn't meet that week, so then he was like, you know, okay, well, we'll do it over the phone. Never again. Yeah. I don't like why, it. why is that? It's just there's there's a barrier. It's therapy, man. You're burying your soul. You're you're working through all of your shits and your problems. It's like it's important. I've I've gotten a lot out of therapy. I just I'm not doing that over the goddamn phone. I don't I don't know. I just f- I find it impersonal for like the, the thing that demands an extremely personal touch. Mm-hmm. Well, you is, know, is the counter be... then like doing it versus not doing it at all? Doing it over the computer screen. Is it better than not doing it at all? For me. Probably. For me. I, I mean, I'm not going to speak for other people. Whatever right. works for other people is what works for other people. But, like, I, I just don't, like, I'd rather not do it if I'm not going to do it in person. Yeah. You know what I mean? 
there's also something about the process for me of like when I'm driving to therapy, I'm like, all right, you're going to therapy. Yeah. Like I kind of emotionally prepare. I'm like, all right, like you need to share, you need to dig deep. You need to share these parts. These th- you need to say these things that you've never said into, you know, that you've never spoken into the ether before. You need to. So do you do you really play dig. music to prepare yourself for therapy sessions? The I listen way to my we stuff. We played music. I listen to my stuff. Summerfest. <laughs> I I listen to my stuff. The music okay. I listen to typically. I, I listen to a lot of new music. What's coming out? All that kind of shit. But uh, I listen to a lot of whatever we're working on. So I never listen to what we've released ever. Once it's released, it's just like it's my yeah. relationship changes with it. It's, it's somebody like else's. Some, it belongs, to, look belongs to somebody. Belongs to somebody else. But um, I'm always my Google Drive app. If you look at like my usage and stuff on my phone, it's just like everything else is a couple minutes a day, and then my Google Drive is just I'm just on it for like three hours because I'm just going through ideas, going through demos, all that Wait, kind of stuff. You, you know what I mean? Google, you use I use Google my Google Drive, Dri- yeah, because I upload my demo, you know, I'll bounce out whatever I'm working on in the studio, upload it to our Google Drive okay. into my demos folder, and then I'm just I'm just flicking through demos the entire day and either writing in my head or just kind of getting off on myself because I liked what I did that day or I'm disappointed with what's happening and I see another avenue with the tune or whatever, you know what I mean? It's like part of the process. How do you use your... Uh As far as like apps go and how you implement it with your creative and writing process, how, I guess, how do you use technology to make your process smoother, easier, more efficient? I don't well, know. I mean, I mean, apps are, well, we could talk about a number of things, but obviously we everybody makes all music on computers. So, you know, um, this none of this works without digital technology we would like, be like what do you do you take a notebook do you then put your stuff into like the notes app and then you like I think I can speak for both of us on this like you don't really write into a phone right no, it's all about like to, it's all about pen and paper I, I'm the I same I catch way. ideas yeah. if, if I'm out and I'm like oh it's a bar and I'll just like put it I just jot that into my phone but then everything Everything worthwhile gets transferred into a notebook, and everything gets written by hand. I don't know why; it's just my process. So, what do you do with the notebook? Because, like, so when the three gunmen came at me, I refused to give up my stuff. It wasn't the electronics; it was the fact that I had yeah. three notebooks in there. Jesus. One of them was a year of like ideas and notes. Did you ask them for the notebook? No. In the moment, you know, I just when three guys are pointing Uzis at you and you're telling them no and they're threatening <laughs> to shoot you, it just didn't... Yeah, you're not in negotiation mode. Listen, fellas. But looking back, yeah. I just need... <laughs> there's a notebook. You can have whatever you want, but there's My a grandmother's yeah. chicken cacciatore recipe is in that <laughs> I mean, so then uh, you... Stop so what writing. I'm, what I'm now going to do is take photos of it and then upload them and so now I'll have like a folder of just all the images in the book. Do yeah. you do that with yours? Or will you? Or no, I I keep all my notebooks in a like this big trunk in my in my room. So I have years and years and years with the notebooks. But uh, no, I would probably leave. They'll stay in my family, something like that. I I don't. What if there's a fire? That be that would be really tragic and bad. High stakes. See, weren't we talking about preparation though earlier? <laughs> I've started doing uh, maybe man maybe writing on just like regular shitty spiral notebooks. Yeah. Because you can pull the page. Like, what I ran into is that I've got 50 notebooks, but it's like there'll be one cool creative idea followed by 10 pages of notes from college and then, like, me doodling. Oh, uh, okay. You yeah. know what I mean? It's like I wanted to be able to kind of take all the good shit out and get rid of the other stuff so I'm not carrying around 50 fucking notebooks. So I just. Yeah. I started writing on, like, if I'm home, I write on loose leaf. Or if I'm going somewhere, I write in a shitty notebook that I can tear the page out of, and then everything get, has folders. Uh-huh. Um, where it's like this is you know personal this is about like nutrition or like this is a song idea or this is a chord progression and then so that, that's all actually in a fireproof safe <laughs> there, you <go. laughs> there you go there you go maybe I'll just put my trunk in his fireproof safe yeah there you go and that is not a euphemism <laughs> uh, or I'll just get my own my yeah, notebooks like 40 bucks my notebooks time. mean a lot to me though mm-hmm. I uh like I don't write in cheap or just like run of the met. Like I always, yeah. a lot of people. Whenever people buy me gifts, like people close to me, they just buy me a journal, like a cool one, like a leather bound one, because they yeah. know I'll love it and I'll use it. 
you know so I'm actually like backed up for a f- I have like a few years worth of empty like leather bound notebooks sitting around because nice. people get you know I can't keep the same pace um, and that's a big part see, you were saying like I don't know yeah. why it's different writing on paper but a lot of it is just the romance of handwritten yeah. yeah stuff and like good pens and habit I mean just yeah. really on a more basic level it's just it's just habit I've been doing it since I was like 13 so yep. it's, it's just yeah. what the fuck so um I also usually in the last three or four notebooks you know that that means that it's within the last year I'll fill them up once every few months or something you know okay. um but I can always go back th- sometimes I, if I'm struggling or feeling dry I can't find an idea I, I like dig back through Sometimes I'll find some of my best shit that I'll be like, man, I can't believe I didn't use this. Shit is brilliant. You know what I mean? And I'll find like two lines and I'll pull them out and write yep. in my new book, write them back down in my see, new now, book. Now I'm getting disheartened because I can't do that anymore with mine. Oh, man. Look, onwards. I've lost some of my best work. One yeah. time Matt and I were in San, uh, taking a train into San Francisco and I left like, there was a song in there. I, now I can't remember the title. But there was a song in there that I was like, this is one of the illest. It was up there with like looking everywhere it ain't, which I believe is like one, some of the best stuff I've ever, like one of my best verses. And it was up there. It was like really similar. It had this, um, it, it just, whoo, I did it. Great friend. I lost it on the train. Called the train coat. Like I was, I was, I was distraught, man. But yeah. just move on. It's fine. It's just stuff. It's just ideas. You'll yep. be fine. Yeah. You'll have a million more. You got more. this. You got an infinite mind. I right thought you were going to point towards your scar. Oh. Where is it? in the back of my head back your head i got three staples in the back were you bleeding out like was there a lot of blood or <laughs> yeah yeah I was, bleeding. I, I was like bleeding the whole time i'm trying to figure it out trying to lock my apple id and all this other stuff and they're saying uh you know you should go to the hospital because you got a gash thankfully like i had people around me that were like you know someone thought to get ice and everything but i was in the hospital emergency room till like 6 30 in the morning and when they were doing the ct scan you know you lay down and you go in that incubator thing get up and there's blood on the 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 sheet and I'm like uh brutal you guys sorry about that you guys are gonna have to wash yeah, that sorry she, she was like she's like don't worry don't so worry it's a hospital yeah yeah, yeah. Wash, sure this experts yeah. Are we're, washing we're, we're prepared we're prepared yeah, for this. yeah I've been preparing for this my whole life <laughs> yeah uh we wanted to get out of the hospital so bad they gave me the option to like numb it before and I was like, no, it's gonna take another half hour before someone else comes in. Sure. So we did it without the numbing. That that hurt. You can feel Jesus them, Christ, like, dude, yeah. pinching your Stop. skin together. Fuck, yeah. Dude. That that hurt more than the. I bet. The like getting clocked in the head with the. And you're sitting the there gun. anticipating it the entire you know time too. You're up. like, yeah. uh, they're gonna stick a needle in me or whatever. Yeah. But uh, you mentioned uh, looking everywhere where it ain't do you guys have any other I guess, I guess every song obviously is something for you favorite might not be a good term maybe like no I have I've meaningful been, I've, what's I've the played. most meaningful song you guys have, have done I mean out to you yeah, yeah that's released a, uh, I mean I, I love looking I love playing looking everywhere it ain't we'll play that song for fucking ever I think that'll yeah. just always be in the set in some in one respect or another I, I love it you can see it too. You can feel it when we play that tune. That yeah. everyone's like this one. Um, the music video for that is simple, but very. Thanks, man. Yeah. Very like real and raw. Thanks, man. Yeah, I know. I never promoted it that much. We're we're actually kind of moving away from music videos in a way. It's not that we're never gonna make them anymore, but they're expensive and it's kind of like a low return. Like nobody re- nobody really cares. It's like. The philosophy I'm kind of taking is a song has to earn a video at this point, so we need to release it. It needs to do numbers. It needs to like kind of, and then okay, yeah. well, putting money into an asset for this song makes sense now. But you know, we did like nine videos for a 12-song album for Say Maker, and it just felt like the rollout was incomplete and it, not, nothing really. Right. Just felt kind of flat, and we put thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars into creating this work, and I was like, all right, well, I am a haver of ideas and I facilitate those ideas and create them but I can't there's different ways to do it I and nobody just, even see like no. it's not that people don't give a shit it's that it doesn't just the way that social media and YouTube and stuff like that works is it just never gets put in front of people unless there's yeah, a reason the that there's all those annoying guys being like in, yeah. hit the notification button like and subscribe it's because if you don't do that their shit isn't going to get put in front of you and it's hard you can't really yeah. do that with a music video be like alright guys 
like and subscribe. Yeah. You know, so <laughs> it just gets kind of swallowed by the internet. Um, yo, we're starting to get closer to Milwaukee, correct? No, we still got a while. Oh, okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah. All right, never mind. Um, uh, but favorites, I don't know. You know, there's... Yeah, the question is hard to answer because our favorite yeah, shit I'll is always the new favorites. shit. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> well, one... Uh, well, all the albums mean something different to me. I think... Like, I've known you guys, or at least Sammy, probably since, like, 2014, 2015. Sure. Um, went to... What year did you play Lincoln Hall? 2018. 2018. The headlining show? Yeah. Yeah, the 2018. Okay, so, like, 2018, around there, and then in 2019... I yeah, helped true. publish your poetry book. Right. Now, I remember you shared that with me, and I sat down for, like, two hours and just read everything. There's a cop next to us, by the way. I don't know if the microphones are... <laughs> Where? He's Where? Behind, behind, right behind this truck, the black SUV. It's unmarked. Okay, right, I got you. But it has municipal plates. Uh, so I read it all, and I was like, wow. I feel like I, I know your soul now. <laughs> and uh, that was with Sonny Sonny. Sure. And so then Sunny Sunny, I could, you know, I had a real intimate look into it and the creation and sure, everything behind it. Probably better than anyone. Yeah. Other than outside, yeah. I think uh, I really like Astronaut and Little, Little Baby Elephant. Nice. Those are some of my favorite ones. Nice. Sane Maker, man, that goes so hard. <laughs> Sane Maker is like one of the greatest albums I've, I've ever heard. I gotta say, I fucking love that thing. I We had a cool experience recently where, I mean, we just... You listen to the same songs over and over again for years while they're in production, and so by the time it comes out, it's not that you don't appreciate them or anything, it's just, it's burnout. You know, you're just, it's... Everybody's had this experience where they have their favorite song, and they put it on repeat, and they ruin it for themselves. Right. And yeah. that's what Every making music is, Every song we've ever created for ourselves yeah. is, yeah. yeah. And we had this cool experience where we went over to our drummer's house and we you know we just went over for dinner but we ended up listening to the old work and it had been months maybe years since i listened to some of that stuff and hearing the whole record end to end was a very cool experience and like kind of re-established perspective on what we were up to and yeah super fucked up too we were like really drunk and we smoked a big fat one and and we were just like all right listen i felt like i experienced the album again like it was new yeah it was cool but it was funny there were moments of insecurity for me because i was high but (laughs) There was like moments where I was like, ah, I wouldn't have done it this way if we had made this today. Oh, and for you sure. Know what for I mean, sure. there's a ton of that. For some reason, the way my voice sounds on the first hook in Yellow Teeth like makes me shiver. But I love that song. So well, you're talking just, about Sunny uh, Sunny, right? Oh, I'm sorry. Or that was on. Yeah, well, we did both albums that night. <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, I I love yeah. Yellow Teeth. I think it's like this really really unique, very like bone lang. It feels like yeah. the mission that we're on. It feels like the kind of genre bendy thing that we do best yeah. felt, you know but for some reason I just like made, it made me shiver the way my voice sounded that night and Zach bless his heart our drummer Zach Marks um, he's kind of played like a big brother figure for me you know he's got some years on us and he's always we always call him road dad whenever we're road out on the dad. road he's just kind of the guy that's like okay guys try to get in the car <laughs> yeah, and like, like you know he's he's got that energy and it's really healthy it's good for us yeah. and like that night he just like sat me down and he's like Sam that thing you feel, that cringe, that shame, that that embarrassment, whatever. We all feel it when we hear old versions of ourselves on record. I hear it in my my drumming on the last, um, you know, the first Bonzo Squad record. I hear it on the Hip Trip. Out, you know, these are bands that he plays in, funk bands, jazz groups, whatever. And he just, it really put me to at ease. He's like, that, how you're hearing that isn't how other people hear it. Yeah. They don't hear that cringy that thing that you're like, oh god, but like I would have delivered it so much cooler. My voice is so much more raspy and sexual. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? It's like, it's not. It's just not what it is. And it was uh, like a deep breath moment. You're like, you're right. Chill the fuck out. Stop well, being well, so self-loathing you, you know, and like you self-deprecating. Know all your and shit. progress since then, but like, right. Even at the time when it came out. It's better than what people are all used to hearing. So, like, you know, like, as far as you're overthinking it. No, for sure. I'm, I'm, <laughs> you're I'm, on this I mean, I'm a classic, of, I, and I'm know. getting better at it, man. I'm getting better at, like, you know, self-love and, like, understanding what it is that I'm putting forward and that it has serious value and yeah. that I don't need to be in my head. You got that iPass, bro. It's about to fall off the... You can pull it down. I don't think we're going to hit another toll. Um... So, 
there's a like something we've both had to deal with is just being less hard on ourselves and yeah. for me a lot of that was focused on like okay don't be so hard on yourself in the present but something else that I've noticed is that if I like go look at something I wrote a couple of years ago even if it's just like me thinking not not like lyrics necessarily or art in any way I have so much contempt for like the old version of me too it's really fucked up yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I just like hate who I used to you know you're just like I oh, you weak piece of shit or whatever yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like alright so I figured out how to like me Bro, some same, now man. but I have not figured out how to do it for me in the past right what is it when you mentioned self-love and i feel like in society social media we're always people are posting things about self-love self-care all of that what does that mean to you guys oh man so we're this we're our generation we're the we're the self-help we're the mental health generation we're the ones that we're focused it's like all about like love yourself and like I'm that bitch and I'm yeah. great just the way I am and like all this kind of stuff but simultaneously we're also the social media generation so while we're saying like everything's you know take care of your mental health and and love yourself and you're perfect just the way you are we're simultaneously comparing our lives to every other humans on the planet yeah. and like totally shortchanging our mental health and like self-care and self-love um, Earlier I was talking about how at at its root this music is aspirational and about like self-love and stuff. I want to add, I think this is the key factor, the operative factor to the music. At its absolute core, it's about forgiveness. It's about forgiving yourself. If there's a message and then forgiving the world, you know, it's like, I know this is very like Christian and all that, but I'm fine with that. I don't really care. I'm not coming from that space personally, but like I'm fine with that being... If that has Christian messaging or whatever, fine. I don't care. Only it's the Christian a, band. Yeah, <laughs> right. Um, but it is about forget. Like every, something I really, really want to stress henceforth in the music is like everybody is worth more than just the worst thing that they've ever done, because that is gone from the world. It is you are only the worst thing that you have ever done, and it is all you ever will be, and you should suffer at the hands of it for the rest of your miserable fucking life. You should ne if you're a musician and you fucked up or something and you got and you got called out and ca hashtag canceled whatever the fuck all that means whatever, you know, publicly reprimanded at a high degree at, in a very very like scarring public way. You should you will never be more than that. And you should never be able to profit from your work or your passion or be able to feed your family off of this work ever again and I'm just I want to debunk that I'm not trying to come out as this like anti-cancel cancel culture because I think that that's getting kind of hacky and played out too we actually had a song that's going on the next album and the first line was um, cancel culture couture your dad drinks up and your mom's a whore and it, we wrote it like two we've been working on this album for like three years and that was the first line I wrote for the album and I changed it the other week I'm like rewriting the tune because I just don't think I believe that I think it's a little hacky that everybody's well I'm anti-cancel culture I want to cancel cancel culture okay whatever people there are consequences for people's actions so on and so forth but that doesn't also go to also go to say that like the internet doesn't just destroy totally innocent human beings at whim for no fucking reason yeah. because it's an unforgiving selfish virtue signally place that doesn't actually you know exist in, in the ether you know yeah. um so I think forgiveness is, is a central pillar. I, I kind of got up. What the fuck did you ask? <laughs> well, he was asking about self-love. Self self and okay. I think the... Yes. Sorry. Forgiving yep. myself and forg and then in doing so, then forgiving the world. And, and I, I'm having a lot easier time in, in the world. I always say this to myself. I always go, you're just a person. You're just a person. It's my little mantra. And then when somebody fucks up or somebody does something weird or something does somebody that something that I don't understand, I, that mantra, they're just a person. They're just a person. They're yeah. just a person. You know? Go ahead, Bonsai. Well, self-love is just a... Um, it's a really difficult topic to parse because it's like if you say to somebody, self-love, how do you feel about that? They'll go, oh, that's good. And then if you say narcissism, how do you feel about that? They'll go, oh, that's bad. And they're kind of synonyms. I'm not saying that there's not a distinction between the two, but it's there's all kinds of weird, there's like, like healthy weedy things. Self love yeah. and then like 
bad ego <laughs> or like yeah. something ego. You know. um i was actually looking at this happened to be while we were in miami i was reading this book called the six pillars of pillars of self-esteem which is by so the the phrase self-esteem was popularized by this guy named nathaniel brand and he wrote this book about it and now when you think of self-esteem it's very like yes you should be positive about yourself no matter what but that's not what that book is about that book is about making yourself someone that you could respect yes you know it's all about like you have to build uh you know self-assertiveness and things like that and if you build better habits in the world maybe you'll be able to fucking look at yourself in the mirror you know (laughs) and uh, obviously now we're veering into the shame part of this which is where that gets complicated too because there's what i just said has teeth as well like you can't just beat yourself over the head trying to constantly improve you know you, you can end up uh insulting yourself constantly and get obsessed with your flaws and trying to fix them and, and the, the balancing act here is the tricky bit yeah i think a lot of uh the conversation around self-love or self-care often um doesn't include the discussion of habits and discipline and it's not uh i mean point blank you are your habits of course but it's not really communicated that way it's like be positive with yourself and positivity can help in the moment, but you have to also kind of do the work as well. I want to piggyback off that. There's a moment in the film called The Founder. It's about Ray Kroc, the guy that franchised McDonald's. Okay. He basically found McDonald's, stole it from the McDonald's brothers, and franchised the shit out of it. But he had a, there was an amazing quote. Michael Keaton plays him in that film. And he goes, a man is what he thinks about all day. And I loved it. Sure. And... Uh, you are your thoughts. You are your thoughts. You are your thoughts. And uh, I really liked Matt's points about uh, self-esteem. It's like I think this generation's idea of mental health and self-love is like, is like I'm going to post pictures of my tits on the internet because like I'm brave and like I'm I'm lo- because it. I love myself. And yeah. it's like, no, 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 no. That's not, <laughs> that's not like long-term like self building actualization. up yeah, self-actualization yeah. Yeah. that's just you overexposing yourself because you're having a confident moment like it's that's yeah. not what we're talking and again I'm not trying I'm not trying to shame anybody who's shown their tits on the internet lord knows I look um, <laughs> I just it's it's the the idea of self-love and and is shallow it's not has nothing to do with self-actualization and watering the seed of self every single day and and yeah. and kind of not being a pushover and not being not allowing yourself to to be taken advantage of and and but also you know allotting space for for softness and and empathy and and slowly determining this this balancing act of of your gentle nature and your more animalistic side and yeah. and or aggressive side or, or assertive side whatever um, I'm rambling a bit, but... And there's kind of, like, a weird... Like, the the difficulty in disambiguating self-love that we're talking about reminds me of, like, the way people think about happiness. Like, you can say, I want happiness in my life. Yeah. And that right. can mean a lot of different things. Like, happiness could just mean kind of a hedonic pleasure or, like, absence of pain in any given moment. I'm not dissatisfied right now, therefore I'm happy. Or it could mean, like, life satisfaction. Like, I... Uh, did a, I ate a bunch of shit and I suffered in the moment so that I could build something amazing with my life and then when I'm on my deathbed I can be like yeah you know what totally totally worth it and it's again happiness is sort of an umbrella term that can cover these smaller more niche like micro terms and I think self love is a similar thing where there you can sit here and pull it apart all day and it's like there are positive versions of that and negative versions of that and calling you know it's it's a little you need to say more about it what's why matt and i talk about craft a lot and meaning a lot yeah um you know happiness is temporal meaning is the ship that will weather the storm you'll hear us saying that a lot just in every interview for whenever we get to like carpet bomb that shit into a conversation no fake finish lines no fake finish lines what is that goggins or something I don't know. I got it from. Oh, you I guys. thought that was. You. I, it was it's <laughs> David Goggins. It's David okay. Goggins, who's a, a huge inspiration. I love him. Um, I'm not made out of the same stuff, but I do love him. Nobody is. <laughs> um, but he'd be like, "Yes, you are, brother. Like you just <laughs> you got to break your mental shackles. And just, right. This shit is inspiring." 
Um, I hope I get to meet that guy one day. Uh, Hell yeah. No fake finish lines. No, like, the work is infinite. The work is never done. Um, but craft. Meaning. These are these are things that'll. It's watering that seed every day. It's 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 the only thing. Yeah. It's the only way. I really fucking feel for my friends who are rich and who hate their job. They wake up every day. Not every one of them. Some of them are rich and they're. I'm really perfectly, happy. <laughs> perfectly <laughs> fucking happy and love their job and and all that. But like, I have a lot of friends. A lot that are earning six figure salaries. They're doing just fucking fine. They're miserable, bro. They're miserable. They're really, yeah. and it's bad. And I, I remember, I used to work in construction. I used to work in, um, I worked in an office briefly, but a uh, construction office. Uh, and I just remember that feeling waking up and just being like, is this it? Yeah. Is this it? Is this it? Like, this can't be it. This can't be it. Yeah. And just, it was some of the dark, it was probably the darkest year of my life. Sure bad it got yeah. bad you know and it was just like man people do this for like 40 fucking years like yep. it's crazy it's crazy and you know god bless those people you know people need to i understand that not everybody's trying to be a rocker not everybody's trying to be a movie star not everybody's trying to be an entertainer not every but find something yeah. something something even tolerable like i tolerable, also understand man, like, like we live we want a life where we do like do things you know, I yes. want to accomplish things. My, the goal of my life is to build a body of work. And I understand that some people don't, well, I, I respect people who are like, I have a job and I have a job so that it's, can support me traveling or something yes, like that. Yes, yes, sir. Fucking cool. I love God to go damn, fly fishing. Something tolerable. Yeah. I love to go fly fishing twice a year. The job, like that's enough for me. It's like, it's like, great, man. Give, yeah, give yourself for you, that man. respite. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's all about finding balance. Thinking baby. about your own self, taking the time. To sit in silence, think about your life. What do you want? Right. And creating a life that will make you happy and fulfilled. Me give meaning. And you the hardest part is everything wants your attention and is showing you what you should be envious of, what yes. life you should be living, but you have to have the strength and the courage to live your own life. There's a great quote, won't say who said it, because I'll get cancelled. <laughs> uh, I'm kidding. Um Self-control becomes a lot easier when you realize that everything and everyone is trying to seduce you. Yeah. It's Hitler, right? <laughs> Stalin. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Imagine, like... Uh, I mean, people call like him Stalin. Hitler. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, it's a great piece. It's a great quote. Yeah. And uh, I forget it all the time and let things and everything and everyone seduce me all the time, you know? Yep. The, the internet's tough for me, man. The pornography, the attention economy, the TikTok, the it's hard. I have to like stay off Dude, it. Otherwise, it's, it's it's hard, bro. About. It's just like infinity in your pocket, and you, yeah. you you're expected not to look because if you it's don't, not just infinity. It's designed with game theory. Yes, to yeah. hack your brain. Yes, it's yep. a Vegas slot machine. Yeah, to the infinite. Yeah, <laughs> like, in your pocket. It's designed with game theory. Yeah. Well, uh, transitioning a bit from self-love and meaning and boxes of briefs, he said, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, everything seducing you to uh, we're coming up here soon to the Wisconsin border. To the show, we're we're across the border. We're uh, going to be getting into Milwaukee pretty soon. You know where we're going, right? You're gonna I have know where to. we're going. Oh, my guy. Um, so we're going to go hard pretty soon. I want to know what song each of you are looking forward the most to performing tonight. Leia. Uh, sorry, looking everywhere it ain't. We call it Leia, L-E-I-A. Okay. So whenever you hear the boys talking, it'll be just Leia. Leia. Uh, but I'm looking forward to playing Looking. It's my favorite nice. moment in the set. I also, there's, sorry, it, it's the in the three spot in the set. So we've the kind three of, spot. yeah, we've established the bangers, like people kind of get who we are. And then I get to kind of do my, my poetry. Yeah. Like, re, you know, slow and. And so it's a, it's kind of a Sammy. It's selfishly like my favorite because sure. it's my little yeah. it's my little spotlight moment in the set, you know. Yeah, I have that moment in Bluefish where I just yes. get to get my nut and it's yeah. fun. <laughs> but the uh, but actually my favorite part of the set, like we've played this exact set as I said on tour, so I kind of know how you get a sense of how the crowd reacts to things. And my favorite is Fox and the Hound, not because I yep. really I mean I do enjoy playing that song, but it's probably not number one just in terms like musically. Um, 
but it's we have a break we play mushroom moon it's gives everybody a second it's very poetic and emotional and then we play fox and the hound which starts kind of like the last four tunes are all it's like an encore almost it's all bangers um and so you know the second chorus comes through in fox and the hound and the entire crowd is completely sold and yeah. I just get to like bask in that moment every time. I'm like, "Yep, fucking got him again, boys!" Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Every single night on tour, there was a turning, there was a, a a moment, and it comes. It, I, there's a moment in Fox and the Hound when it happens. It is at the sec- end of the second verse before the last hook, yep. where we just like hang on the hook and we do it six times all the way through to the. We just repeat it and repeat it and repeat it, and it is it is that build up to the last hook yep. that everybody just starts going like, "Oh, you can see it." Every, yeah. You saw it every night. People are like, "God damn." These yeah. Guys are going to yeah, dude. Yeah, it's great. Can't awesome. wait. I'm all jacked up now. Yep. I'm all, all jacked right. up. <laughs> See you at Summerfest. All right. Peace out.